0: There's no way I ever looked at myself in the mirror and said I did everything I could. This is the best I got. That never happened, and that's a horrible feeling. So now I, I have some relief because I never feel like that. I make wrong decisions, but I always bounce this back. This is where you're meant to be. Like I know it. I've never. My best self before. is better than every single person who's gonna walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going get up and do it again
1: and again and again the journey to a better you starts right now what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the better than yesterday podcast thank you so much for tuning in this week hope you didn't miss me too much on labor day but we're back on this beautiful tuesday for another episode of the show On this one, I'm joined by Chris Clyde. Chris is a CrossFit athlete, coach, husband, father, electrical apprentice. He wears many different hats, but I think you guys are just going to find out just how passionate he is about competing in CrossFit and being the best dad and husband that he can possibly be. I could just hear it in Chris's voice when you ask him certain questions. He just lights up and loves talking about this stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did, and let's kick it over there now. Do you wear the sweatbands on your wrist when you do like a Metcon?
0: Uh, I used to be all about it. Now I kind of don't bother with it. Um, I always wear grips in this weather because I can't rip my hands. If I rip my hands, it really affects me at work. Um, And I just don't want to risk it. So I probably should wear them more. I used to make sure I always did. And then I just kind of got away from it. It's not really.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as much into the CrossFit, but whenever I do a WOD and I see somebody who who's putting on their their wristbands, I'm like, oh shit, this guy's about to smoke everybody.
0: Yeah, or they're just like me and they sweat so profusely that they'll do anything they can to minimize chalk time.
1: Okay, so there there is an actual purpose to it. It's not just like you're wearing sweatpants. I mean, like don't you're...
0: get me wrong. I mean, just like. Uh... Like pro fo- pro athletes, they wear like the sleeves and the, the head, like. Everyone has their thing, and there's definitely a little like swag and juice to it. I think for some people, but I promise you, I wear like clearance rack, plain black wristbands when I wear mine because I was able to buy. It was for a company that was going out of stock or out of uh, business, so I got like a pack of I don't know, like six or seven pairs. For dirt cheap, I was like, this is my best case scenario instead of paying, like, $15 for Nike wristbands. And, uh, yeah, some people do need it, but some people just (laughs) like to coordinate and look cooler. So there's parts to it.
1: Yeah. I used to tape my wrist when I played baseball, and, like, I would tape, like, basically halfway up my forearm. I just used so much tape. I'm sure the athletic trainers are like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like football. You you see, like, Warren Sapp used to put – pieces of tape on each individual knuckle on his hand so he looked crazy and then you see people in high school doing that and you're like all right buddy like <laughs> take it easy this isn't you know this isn't the sec but yeah whatever makes you feel better i guess you, you if you're gonna do stuff like that you better be uh you better have some salt to you or you're gonna be in trouble
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's half the battle
0: is looking good though oh that, that listen look good feel good is play good is that that's a scientific fact that's just not something deon sanders said okay that guy is one of the best of all time at his at his, uh profession so you know you, you got to own it and if it if it adds to your self-esteem you know it's it's proven that people perform better when they're feeling positive so why not
1: yeah i'll stand by that statement 100 percent too well cool man let's get let's just get into your background uh you got quite the journey. Um, when I talked to you before, you basically talked about the uh, the CrossFit journey going backwards, how you were at the top right away, and then now it's been a fight to get back there. But what was uh, sports like growing up, and how'd you get into this space?
0: So sports growing up, pretty, I guess, I, I consider typical, or what I think was the best case scenario I grew up my family was athletic Uh, I have a huge Italian family I grew up in New York so we did every weekend with someone else's birthday or we did a picnic we still do this thing called grandma's picnic for uh, my great-grandmother who passed away a long time ago I I never met her but they did it as her birthday now 55 years later it's like the reunion that every cousin comes to every summer as like the family branches out and the family branches out no matter what, uh, my mom's side coordinates this weekend so that we're all there. And it is literally, we go to a state park and we just play softball, soccer, ultimate frisbee, egg toss, sack race. like as stereotypical as you can imagine, um, you know, pack three t-shirts and try not to fall asleep on the way home kind of thing. And uh, so I grew up playing every sport. I, I did martial arts. I did soccer when I was little, baseball, basketball, football, all through high school. And then... I always knew I wanted to always be competing and training and I kind of found weight room and, and running and, and conditioning, strength and conditioning type stuff in high school when, when I wanted to be better at football. So really I trained all year for football, but I also played basketball and baseball, uh, small school stuff in New York. I had a blast, still my favorite memories. Uh, and then I was the one. 250-pound offensive lineman who was, you know, decent, small school, though, all-county kind of type of, like, recognition. No it, no attention from any kind of school, no matter the size. I didn't want to try and go to, like, a school that I definitely could have played for, like a D3, because there was no scholarship, so I couldn't afford the ones that I had a chance to actually play for. Um, so I was like, I'll just, you know. Walk on somewhere and figure it out. And after a year in school in New York, kind of like figuring it out, getting my feet wet, and mostly just uh, drinking beer and, and bench pressing and box squatting for a year, I realized that I wanted to go to school, at University of Delaware, for uh, health and physical education. So I was like, all right, I'm going to walk on to the football team there. Uh, I know they're legit. Uh, if I can crack the the roster by the time I'm a senior. That's a huge deal, so it's something to work towards. So I trained, uh, got in a little bit of shape, went down to UD um, and my freshman fall semester, I was a transfer, so I didn't live in any of like the normal dorms. I didn't get the experience of like meeting all these new freshmen. I had people in my class, which was a small major, and they're still my friends to this day, but you know, new, no real acclimation period for transfer students. And my buddy wanted to try out for the rugby team or join the rugby team. There was no tryouts. They took whoever signed up. They just had different tiers of teams and was like, yo, come play. We're going to get, we'll get shaved with a party. It's not a job. Like, you have to hit people. You played football. You want to play football. It'll be good just to meet people and pass the time. So I did that and ended up never looking back because I loved it. It was the best sport I ever played in terms of all encompassing. What I felt was important to me in terms of camaraderie, training, competition level, uh, stress level to the rest of my, you know, academic experience or whatever, where trying to be a walk on at a very competitive D1AA school, like they don't travel most of the time and I was undersized and it wasn't until I was about a year into rugby that I trimmed down to kind of the type of athlete I am now, which was 220 to 230 um, and able to run. And all of a sudden I figured out what actually training was for, you know, endurance and being well-rounded because that's what rugby demands. And that's what kind of led me down the path to finding CrossFit because I was soft and I hated running in the winter because it was cold and, not dependable in terms of inclement weather. So I found every excuse to do things inside. And a buddy of mine put me on to CrossFit.com. And he said, give this a shot. They row, they run, they lift, they do gymnastics. You got to kind of be good at everything, which for anyone that doesn't know or doesn't have a, a huge idea about what rugby entails, it's football players with soccer endurance. So it's a little bit of everything. You have to be able to hit. You have to be able to run. You have to be able to, you know, make decisions on the fly. You have to be flexible. You have to be powerful. All these things where football is much more specialized, um, the sport itself, but even the individual positions, you don't really do much outside of your position. You know, blockers block, receivers receive, and all that. So I started loving, you know, I was a bigger guy always, 6'1", 220 230 i love the rowing workouts i love the bench press workouts i loved uh making a fool of myself and not trying not to get hurt doing olympic weightlifting but that's what really started it um i was there also at ud with a minor in coaching science and strength and conditioning because my deal was i was going to be a health and phys ed teacher i was going to coach every sport and i was going to be all of my favorite teachers combined uh, <laughs> i love that and, And that was, that was the dream and summer's off, you know? And then, uh, I got, I basically went down the rabbit hole of strength and conditioning because one of the portions of the minor was you had to do an internship to get credit, to complete it. And then it really was just preparing you to take the CSCS test. And I got an internship with the UD football strength staff, the really the whole strength staff, but the the key, team was football and I did that for a semester and I loved it every second of it I spent every waking moment I could with them I trained with them uh, the staff uh, I took my USAW a new head came in he was all about weightlifting so I was weightlifting every day powerlifting every day really really getting deep into it and I was like you know what if I could make a career out of this I'd much rather do this and they when I expressed that interest to them, they said, well, we have a graduate assistant program. It's there's an open spot. As long as you have the grades and get the GRE requisite, whatever uh, we would offer it to you. And that's what I did. And uh, I did an exercise science masters at UD, even deeper dive into all of it, thesis on it, all that jazz, still lifting, still training, still playing rugby. And then I got hurt. I got really hurt. Uh, basically my last year of my master's degree so 2011 fall 2012 spring I blew out my knee I broke my nose I like I had full ACL reconstruction I had and then I had a couple of concussions like back to back to back Uh, one really bad one like woke up on the sideline didn't remember anything that happened and then like one or two after that basically undiagnosed besides m- me waking up with headaches being like, Oh shit, this is what Again. they talk about. Like, this is not good. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm done with rugby. Can't do it. I can't risk, uh, in the immediate, I can't risk being a mush brain and not being able to defend a thesis at the thesis of the spring. And obviously long-term, I'm not going to be a pro rugby player. I'm not going to make any, I can't support a family doing this. So let's cut my losses. My parents were very relieved that I had to stop going to the hospital for this sport. And uh, I was done. I was first time in my life, not doing anything athletic based, competitive based, team based. Uh, So I was 2012, I was 25. And I was, for lack of a better term, not to sound dramatic, but I was lost. I had no purpose. I was... Finishing my master's and trying not to get fat, which, when you tear your ACL and you can't do anything active for the first time in your life outside of going to the gym for no reason that you can think of, it's not the most fun thing, obviously. Um, and a good friend of mine, my best friend uh, in the area for sure, um, Gio Keefe was the head coach at Cross the Riverfront. And The smaller one. Now it's like this huge mega space, but original one, smaller one, she was the head coach. She knew my background. I was in school with her the whole time. And she was the one that suggested I come in. She said, come on in, not for a class. Just come lift with me. And, uh, you know, a couple of people will do a small thing. I think you're really going to get into this. And I was like, I know what CrossFit is. They do bullshit pull-ups. They 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 weightlift with light ass weight, so they look cooler than they are. I don't want anything to do with that. And she was like, Shut up. Just come in the gym. I'll even do I'll even program workouts that you won't think are stupid. I was like, And right, you're you're
1: a strength and conditioning coach at this time, right?
0: I'm a a I'm a I'm a graduate assistant, full time strength coach for the University of Delaware program i am putting out applications in every school in the area trying to become a full-time coach as soon as i finish my master's i am all in you know you're from i was coaching everything from golf swimming uh my first job at princeton i was coaching squash i was coaching the the rowing team i was every school you go to as an assistant you're working with the major sports like football lacrosse volleyball basketball all those but i coached everything And I wasn't in the career that long. You know, you count the the year of an internship, two years of graduate assistant, and then one year at Princeton, two years at Army, two and a half years at Army. And then I was a high school strength coach. You coach everybody. But in five or six years, that's my den. And I was like, and everyone in that world, especially back then, it was like, CrossFit is so stupid. (laughs) Don't touch it. Don't go near it. You're bastardizing so many legit sports. You can't get strong and be in shape or be a cardio person and a strength person all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 definitely not. But (laughs) I'm going to go try this because I trusted my best friend and I need something. And just like everybody else, first workout I did in a a box, um, I was hooked. Uh, It was... It was. I don't know if it's a real workout or not. It's like twenty-one gun salute, and, and it was like seven rounds of seven deadlifts with two seventy-five, seven kettlebell swings with seventy pounder, seven GI James, which are burpee pull-ups. It was horrible. Like just a, a lot of things I like, but not a lot of things I like to do together. And you know, we all died. We all had fun. We all went out afterwards and and got food and. Laughed about it, and then we went back. I went back the next day, and then I went back the next day, and then I went back the next day, and, next day, and that was it. Um, and then I kind of came up in a time of the sport where this, where I got right involved right when the sport was starting to blow up, right? Like they had just started going to the this, like not the ranch, they were going to the Home Depot Center in Carson, and uh, that same. So that was my last semester of grad school. I was finishing, moving home uh, or closer to home from Delaware. I was going to be working in Princeton and I'm from just outside of New York city. So kind of halfway in between. And I went to watch Gia and my other good friend, Oliver, compete at regionals, 2012. I'd never even been to a competition to watch. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go support my people. And I went down with a bunch of people from the gym and witnessed this weekend, like event spectacle of CrossFit and realized and came to realize how much of a sport it was and what it represented to so many people as a sport, not just a methodology and a a way of life. And that was it. I was like, this is it. This is my thing. It clicked. I loved the feeling like I was playing rugby again where I needed to be strong, but I needed to be able to you know, have endurance and everything in between. And the fact that there was actually like a method, a structure to it with the open and regionals and the games, I was like, I can wrap my head around this and have a career outside of it and still do it as a hobby. And that's where it started, man. I mean, spring 2012 to present day, I've never stopped.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like it was just the perfect storm. Like you just got out of sports. You need something competitive to do. And I feel like there's so many people who have, like CrossFit is that thing where, I mean, you don't have to be, yeah, you don't have to be great at anything. And if you're strong from football in that, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that you suck at, but like, I think, and the one thing I want to bring up, because um, there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are just general population will never compete in a CrossFit competition. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the sport, it is so different than if you were to go to that regional event. It has nothing to do with CrossFit as a methodology. Like watching 100%. people, watching people do fitness for time is is so different than what you would see in a CrossFit box.
0: Right, and you know that was really that was the eye opening part to me. So I was working out, you know, anywhere from I was a normal, I was a normal gym member. I work, I went to the box two maybe four, two to four times a week, depending on my class schedule. There were times where I wasn't in for like two or three weeks because of thesis stuff and coaching and teaching. And, and as soon as I walked in the door, they'd be like, Hey man, where you been? Missed you blah, 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 I'm like, okay. So the community dread like pulled me in hard. And then the idea that I could work out for an hour a day and keep some semblance of feeling, you know, functional worth, like, you know, have some worth. myself still you know like how i like to be like i could go for a run i could still bench what i could bench I, i came into crossfit i was especially in 2012 i was a complete you know outlier and in some respects you know like i came in with a 235 snatch and a 315 clean and jerk and i could you know run a sub six mile but i couldn't do i couldn't do a rope climb I couldn't do handstand pushups. I did them off the edge of a box. I I could do double unders, but I couldn't do 10 strict pull-ups. You know, stuff like that. Like and that's that's what it was. You know what I mean? Like so I came in, I never took foundations. You know, I and I and later on down the road when I got my level 1 and my level 2, I hated that I didn't go through that foundational beginning because i was well above the new the standard new crossfitter when i started in some respects and other things i was lost like i i learned how to butterfly pull-ups before i learned how to kick them because they, they were just like oh you're big you're athletic like this is how you, this is the better way to do it and i was like i want i was ricky bobby i just want to go fast you know what <laughs> i mean like that was it like a month into crossfit the open started and the first workout was, okay, do seven minutes, as many burpees as possible. And I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> why, why would I do that? I like the lifting. I like, you know, running. I, I was such a rugby player and and burpees were good for my sport, but I didn't want to be doing that. And I remember doing it and just try, cause you're in a, you're in Friday night lights with, 20 other people and the music is making your ears bleed and you can't see straight. You're just praying. Your judge is counting. And, and I'll never forget uh, my buddy, Oliver judged me on that workout. And he was the dog. He was the dude at the gym. And this was before he qualified for regionals, but he was like, if he won every workout and the only workouts that he lost were like heavy weightlifting movements because I just, I just had a better background. And then eventually he caught up because we were, we were working together on it, getting him ready for regionals. And then he just, he's a freak of nature. Uh, anything he turns his attention to, to this day, he's elite. It just depends on what he wants. So I still remember, you know, he was in my wedding, I was at his wedding and he loves telling the story about how Fat Chris came into the box and killed himself and did 104 burpees in seven minutes. And he was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, who do you think you are? Like you are not supposed to be able to do this many burpees a month in as big as you are. And I remember just like, like drooling, laying on the floor, like being so happy it's over. And that's it. I mean, that's every year for the last, whatever it's been now, nine years or 10 years. It's just, I never get enough and I never not get nervous and it's I, you know, I never die or never not die. It's what it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like it never gets easier.
0: No, you just get better. So as you get better, you either have to go a million times harder or because you don't get stopped by anything or the workouts just get harder and harder and harder and heavier and heavier and heavier. And that's, you know, the, the sport's done a better job recently, but, like, back in the day, it just seemed like every year it was heavier. Every year it was longer. And then, I, I you know, Castro's the genius programmer, and I, I really believe he, there's no one that can do it better than him. Like, it's like, it is a mastermind thing because he raises the bar every year, but it's so unpredictable and predictable at the same time without just being like, Oh, last year we cleaned 300 pounds. This year you have to clean 350 pounds. That's important because you, you want to test the limits and push the limits, but you can't hurt everybody and you can't push everybody away. Cause it's, you know, you can't just program an Ironman. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, well this is where we're at, but that's not how it works. You know, like, and that is, that's so interesting it was so interesting then it's so interesting now and the separation between like what you originally were talking about with the the methodology versus the sport methodology is life-changing you know uh our man steve took my quote and uh, on the podcast you do with them you know it's so simple it's hard that's what it is like these are everyday movements everyday tasks everyday demands obviously put in through a perspective or a a filter to work in a gym or work in a garage or work, you know, with body weight or with weights or whatever, any level, everyone has the same, you know, needs, you know, like one of my favorite quotes is the, the grandma and the NFL linebacker have the same basic movement pattern needs. It's just the, the NFL linebacker needs to squat, you know, 500 pounds where the grandma needs to be able to squat and get up in and out of her chair, you know, but it's still, a squat, you know, like all those things are forever. It's a forever game. And some people are sickos and they want to make a sport of it, but that doesn't take, I don't think that in that whole dilemma with the sport versus the methodology and supporting the affiliates and lessening the games and all that stuff that went down. Like, I think they just feed each other. As long as you keep perspective, like, I don't want, the one of the hardest things for me always has been like the perception of how I train. It's not, I'm not going to train like this forever to compete forever. I compete with myself. I will compete with myself forever. I will always want to be a better version of myself or be the best version of myself every day and optimize every day. And that's the journey I'm on right now, but I'm not, you know, my, my best bud tim paulson you know he's a five years in a row games athlete he's not going to sacrifice his family time his professional life that supports his family to just chase the games every year forever it's not sustainable and it's it's not that's not the purpose of it let alone the fact that the bar gets raised so high that you have to be a full-time athlete to some extent to you know make money at this so and even the people that do that, most of them don't make money at it. So it's just, it's such a balancing act that like, I love the CrossFit methodology. I believe in it. I use it as my sport because I like the person I am when I'm trying to be the best CrossFitter I can be. Um, You know, if I never found it or if it never existed, I have no idea what that would have looked like. It might've been triathlons. It might've been weightlifting. But luckily for me, this clicks on all cylinders for me. And it just stacks that from there.
1: I think it's so important what you said, like they feed each other because, I mean, that's how I was. I saw a bunch of jack dudes on ESPN climbing ropes and throwing shit around. And then you get into a CrossFit gym and you meet the most amazing people. And, you know, you do a a workout that absolutely sucks and you're like, yes, I'm going to wake up at 5.30 a.m. to come back here tomorrow. Of course I am. And it's like... You, you would yeah like and telling a normal person that who's never who's never walked into a gym or done anything you know really hard in their life like you would see a workout like Murph or something and like i'll never be able to do that but you you show up and you do the fundamentals class and you you train up to that and it, it's crazy like i it's funny because I always talk about a, cr- how much I love CrossFit on the podcast and I do maybe one workout a week just because I'm competitive in weightlifting but like that's the way though when you're 40, 50, 60 years old that is what I believe is the true way to fitness and like we see now how important it is to take care of ourselves like that's where I just recommend everybody starts it doesn't mean you even have to do CrossFit but like you know picking up a rock and moving it and being able to run and being able to to get up a, a bunch of flights of stairs if you got to go to a baseball game or something like it just it's just so transferable
0: yeah and so that's a huge thing right you know making people understand i'm not i came from strength and conditioning i thought CrossFit was the biggest circus show ever no respect at all and obviously it's completely changed in you know the 9 or 10 years that I've been deeply deeply involved on both sides excuse me but you know that battle it's such an all-encompassing conversation right like I my brother and I were, were both coaches full time at the same time for a little bit and my dad you know, he had kind of fallen on some hard times. He, he survived cancer, but he felt terrible, no energy, just not his old self. This was the guy that, you know, do it yourself, everything, all the yard work, all the housing renovations. Like he was just, you know, the dad, you know, and he felt terrible. And I was like, you know, my brother and I said to him all the time, just go to a CrossFit gym. You know, and I lived in, jersey and then i lived in virginia and then i I lived in uh now i live in delaware and even when i was in new york i coached in manhattan i competed and coached in queens like so it wasn't exactly local for him but there was a box in my town and the owner i went to high school with and good friend and i was like listen i'm i'm dying to get my dad in i want to give him you know, I want to pay for his foundations in his first three months, and I guarantee he will be hooked. I know him; he, I am from him. He's going to be hooked just like I am. And they were like, "Program for two of our athletes. They want to be for, uh, competitive crossfitters, and we'll, we'll, we'll call it an even trade." I was like, "Done, no problem. I'll do that all day." And you know, I don't even, you know, I can't even remember how long ago that was. Let's just say that was. 2015 or 16 and he's been doing crossfit on and off since then you know this is a guy like i can't do that i can't do what you guys do and it's that conversation you're not gonna do you don't have to do what i do i'm training to be i mean for all intents and i'm trained to be like a pro level crossfitter i just want you to feel better you know mentally physically you know have some structure start building some discipline back into like your your physical you know uh care for yourself. And he's like, "I don't know. I had knee surgery in high school. I blew out my Achilles when I was 30." Uh, and he's like in jeans and a, you know, like dad outfit doing yard work. I was like, "Do a squat." And he's like, "What do you mean?" Like, "Just do a squat. Put your arms out in front of you. Keep your weight in your heels and do a squat." And it's like knees over toes, chest perfectly up, ass to grass, beautiful squat, complete control. And I was like, Half people that come in across crossfit can't do that. And I was like, can you do five push-ups? he was like, I can do 10 push-ups. Like, do 10 push-ups. And it was like, my dad getting on the floor and doing 10 push-ups. Chest to deck. No break in his midline. No heavy breathing. Just banging push-ups out in the living room. My brother and I are like lounging on the couch just laughing. We're like, the other half of the people in crossfit can't do that. I was like, he's like, get out of here. I was like, dad, this is is the training for quality of life forever. The the number one goal of the whole thing is to give you control of your life physically forever, keep you out of the nursing home, keep you living independently, keep you playing with your grandkids, what keep you playing your rec league sports, whatever. This is it. I was like, you'll never do a competition. If you don't want to, if you want to, that's another conversation. But, and he did it and he's like, holy shit, I love it. And like, you know, I got to judge him on open workouts and feel horrible. No repping my dad, but you know, like it's just, it's just part of it. You know, the, the perception thing is improved, but now it's, it's the whole thing with like the, it's on ESPN. I can't do that. And all I tell people is come with me to a class. I will do the class with you. I will do whatever you do. It's not going to be dictated by me or how I train or anything I do. We will go to a class, the coach will coach, we will participate. And if you still have doubts after a class or two, we'll find something else. Because number one thing, and this is like that umbrella idea that we were talking like I was I was like talking about a little bit, everyone needs to do something. Like we all brush our teeth. We all take showers most of the time regularly. We all, whatever. That taking care of yourself physically has to be a requirement now Uh, because life is so easy. People, or you have the choice to have it as easy as you want to, easier than ever in the history of the world, that the average person is completely or almost completely useless physically, whether they can't, defend themselves or, you know, if they fall off a cliff, catch themselves and and climb back up, whatever, you know, like the basic functional patterns are so limited by how much we sit and how much we don't do upper body strengthening and how much we don't stretch and how much we are, you know, can't walk up two flights of stairs without getting out of breath. And no, that's scary stuff. You know, like I could never compete again, but I I would rather live to a hundred and never have a joint replacement and be like, yeah and i'm not in a home that's that's it that's what matters the most and no one wants to hear that everyone wants to you know burn baby burn and throw up and not be able to walk and all this stuff that gets glorified and then you realize after one injury two injuries three injuries that that's not it (laughs) like that is not it dude and some people learn and and adapt and overcome or pivot and find something they like whether it be weightlifting or triathlons or you know orange theory or it doesn't matter it's what keeps you functional and what keeps you in a better mindset in your head like you need to like yourself mean and you need to like what you're doing and then otherwise what the hell are you doing you're already living in hell it can't get worse and it just sucks yeah. Drives me, it drives me crazy when I see people that just don't do anything and they're miserable and they don't know where to start. It's like, you need to just move. You need to do something. And then that will, if you buy into whatever you choose, you're probably going to want to eat better. So you feel better doing it. You're probably going to want to sleep better so that you can do more of it or recover better from it or whatever. And then it's like trickle down effect, trickle down effect, trickle down effect, high tide rises all ships. You're a completely different person in six to 12 months. like, Oh, that's what you were talking. Like that's the juice. That's the squeeze. That's what we want. Everybody.
1: Yeah, and that gets you walking up to people with Metcons in the airport and becoming best
0: friends with them. Like, what's your friend <laughs> time, bro? Yeah, it's really it's it's same. It was literally the exact same thing with rugby. It was such a small community nationally, internationally. If I saw a jersey or a team jacket or a hat, I'd be. That's how I met my wife. That's how I met my wife. She, I worked at the YMCA in Newark, Delaware. I was wearing the collared YMCA shirt with the fanny pack with the, with the CPR mask in it with my khaki shorts. And I was wiping uh, equipment down and spotting people and putting all the weights away. And she was in there because that's where she's from. And that was her home gym when she was home from college wearing a, a college rugby shirt. And I was like, hot shit. Hey, girl, where do you play? And that was it now we're married now I have a kid my kid on the way and I've known her for 13 years it's like that camaraderie goes a long long way and that's what got me into CrossFit that's what kept me in CrossFit you know and all my the best people in my life it's because of rugby and CrossFit it's the same you know the same idea
1: well let's uh let's transition into the goals now because I know you're trying to make it to the games I think you're pretty public with with what the goal is and and kind of how you've been disciplined and motivated to do so. But, I mean, life has shifted since you've been doing this. You've you've gone through a lot of different transitions. So kind of just talk us through what what kind of got this on your radar to go to the games as a Masters and, and everything that goes on, along with that.
0: All right. So the long story short is the only consistent thing that, holds true through all of this store, all these stories, all these things I've done, all the different paths I've chosen, all the, all the, uh, distractions I've taken in terms of trying different sports and getting hurt and changing career. The only thing that stayed consistent for everybody. And for me is that time passed and through all of this time passing, since I was 25 years old, when I was finishing my masters and, and learning about CrossFit and stopping playing rugby, cause I don't want to uh, be a vegetable, uh, was, you know, I am going to be 35 next year and I've been reinvigorated in the last two years since the birth of my daughter, basically is the long story short. So, um, three years ago, or just over th- just under three years ago, we find out we're pregnant. I am working full time as a personal trainer and CrossFit coach and high school strength conditioning coach, uh, just in the Newark area for a gym called Achieving Physiques, and they do a little bit of everything. So it was perfect for me because I loved all aspects of fitness. And uh, we get pregnant, and I start thinking about and reflecting on my life growing up, and my family life, and what's most important to me. And the number one thing that always stood out to me was that I had one or both parents at every sporting event I ever participated in. And I had dinner at home. I would say over the course of my lifetime when I lived at home, I would say easily 95% of my meals were in my house with my parents. Uh, I was very blessed. Uh, you know, it was just the way I was raised. You know, um, I, I, believe very, very strongly in the core family unit and, and what that means, and what the value in that is. And that raised a lot of issues and anxieties in my head because I knew I was going to have a kid and eventually that kid would be school age and working as a personal trainer coach from 5am to 10am. And then 3 p.m. to 8 or 9 p.m. was not conducive to having all those things that I just talked about. And that was always a little bit of a, of a stressor, knowing that I gave up the, like I said, the dream of being a teacher with the schedule and the coaching and, and uh, affecting kids and, and, and being that positive role model and all those great things that that entails. To do all of that, just basically with a completely opposite schedule and never a day off as a strength coach, Uh, from every level from, you know, I've worked with kids as young as eight and nine, and I've worked with pro athletes and, you know, it's cool. The impact is, is the best part and all of that, but I hated the schedule, uh, for this reason. And when we got pregnant, it was like, okay, now it's real. What are we going to do about this? And I played with everything from, I'll be a stay at home dad, uh, i'll be an uber driver (laughs) they're all solid options there's nothing wrong with any of them but i want to i also believe strongly in uh any way that i could contribute was obviously going to be a positive contributing as much as possible was obviously the best option so i didn't really know what to do i was going to be an uber driver so i can at least control my schedule i was going to you know go try and really go with a remote route and and coaching and stuff like that and i just didn't know and my genius all-knowing wife was the one that suggested pursuing a trade so she had been to a couple of events with uh the contractors associations and some of the unions in the area for different trades and she said she, she basically was like if you, they said, they told me, this is her talking. They told me if you can show up every day, have a driver's license, pass a drug test, and you're willing to work hard and learn, they'll, you're the most useful person. They'll take you and, and you'll, they'll take care of you. And you'll do everything you need to do. And I was like, okay, go on. I can hit all of those prerequisites right off the bat. No doubt. Um, so we started weighing the options and I got into the, you know, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers in Delaware. So the IBW 313, I'm an apprentice. And what that has allowed me to do is work a stable schedule from 7 to 3.30 every day. And I'm home. Um, I get to, I'm home for dinner. I get to pick up my daughter every afternoon. I'm home for every bath night. Uh, You know, now she's a week and a half away from turning two. And tonight she sat at the kitchen Island that I'm sitting at right now. And, uh, let me help her cut her dinner. And we sang a couple songs, little hickory dickory doc, little al- you know, alphabet, little wheels on the bus. You know, she's a trip, but she's the one that changed everything. And, um, you know, I basically went from coaching full-time to being a student again, night school, um, the whole jazz for an apprenticeship. I'm just about to start my third year. Literally completely coincides with my daughter's life. They called me two days after she was born and told me I was accepted. And everything changed. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm just going to work out. So I'm, I'm never out of shape. But the overlying you need to compete. You need to be a elite level. It was gone. I needed to be home. I needed to be the best apprentice I could be Pass my, past my classes, work hard, all those things. And I needed to be a good husband and, and support my wife that, you know, through the pregnancy process. And then obviously everything after that too. Um, And it kind of worked out because the year before or the year we, that she got pregnant, that was the year that, CrossFit was in turmoil and the sport was all over the place. And I was like, okay, this is great. You know, I'll, I'll do a couple of triathlons, you know, nothing crazy. And our good friend, Max, and our uh, two girls in the area who are who are super competitive, Meg O'Donnell and Jamie Byerly, uh, now Jamie Lee, they were like, yo, we're going to do team it's sanctioned events you don't really have to train that hard for it. Just make sure you can kind of hit your like lifts and you're doing triathlon, So you'll be in shape. And we went to the Mac as an elite team and finished top five. I was like, "Mm, I really still, uh, love this. So I got to figure this out. Uh, A couple months later, baby was born. I did the open through the newborn phase, which was a nightmare. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary just no sleep and and no excuses no complaints just get it done and i just realized that i still this is my thing like this is what i want to do this makes me the best version of or this makes me chase the best version of myself this gets me out of out of bed before work to work out this is what keeps me you know hungry hunting you know like that that feeling that is the most important thing and for me this was it And since she's been born. You know, she was born uh 2019. So 2020, that just September 2019, 2020, January. I turned 33. And I was like, All right, let's just train. And let's just see what happens. Let's just keep training, keep showing up, keep doing everything you can do. And that's really evolved and gotten uh as intense and as singularly focused as I've ever been in my entire life on being the absolute best version of myself and optimizing every day. And right now what that target is set on, because it's far enough away to matter and also close enough to be real is, uh, when I turn 35 in January, I'm eligible to try and compete as a 35 to 39 year old in the master's division. And I'm going after it. It's, It's what I do. It's why I wake up every day at 4.30, whether I have a client or not. It's why I sneak in workouts right before I pick her up or right after she goes to bed. Um, And everything else from there, it's, you know, um, when I had all the time in the world, no responsibilities besides my job and and my girlfriend or eventually my wife, And I was in a gym 14, 15 hours a day, coaching slash training. If I had a a fraction of the intensity of purpose and uh, like focus of, you know, just optimizing what I'm doing, that's, I think that's the secret. I think that was what was missing. I definitely think, you know, especially. Just like 10 years ago, it was a different sport. Five years ago, it was a different sport. Like, if I did the work the way I do work now, with the amount of time I had been, you know, I scratched the surface, I think. I, I qualified in the last spot for Wadapalooza Elite. I qualified in the last spot for one individual regionals. And both of those events, I was bottom half finishing. Like, some great events, mostly steamrolled by most events and you know learned a lot of lessons but now with my 45 minutes to on a on a on a thin day or 20 minutes on a thin day to you know i literally do nothing but family fitness and work two hours in a day of training not very common but when those happen it's it's fun to see my whoop score i guess is a way of putting it um man like I'm just, I feel it. I feel the, I feel the, the momentum of it, the daily habits of it. And it's, it's, it's why I do it. Like this feeling right now is why I do any of this stuff because it's so much more important than any main banner or any metal or whatever. It's the purpose and the, and the, the focus and the fire. I feel like my hair is on fire every day because of it. That's the, that's it that's the spice. That's the secret ingredient. And, you know, it's the only thing that I have found that consistently, no matter what the goal is, whether it's just to keep showing up and not be fat or it's to try and go to the CrossFit games, it's always there. And it's, it's, it gets me fired up and I'm just like, we've talked about I'm going to have a hard time going to sleep because of it, but it's worth it because I just, I, you asked and you need to know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean I, I love hearing when people are super clear with their goals. I think that's awesome. As just as a person who personally am not super clear with my goals right now, how do you think you go about getting that? Like you you've had this thing and you, you've been competing off and on, so it's always been in the back of your mind. But say somebody, you know, played sports or or whatever, just hasn't done anything for a long time, but is there a goal setting exercise or a book you read or something that kind of pushed you in this direction, or it's just been, it's just been kind of fire from day one for you.
0: It's definitely not been fire from day one, you know, full disclosure. I am the laziest, you know, like biggest junk food, fast food eaten person possible. The difference between what I used to be in high school and college and what I am now is I am not bullshitting myself anymore is the way I explain it to people that don't get offended by crude language. Uh, I stopped lying. You know, I always was the one that was like, Oh, I just played rugby. Oh, I just worked out whatever I can eat, whatever I want. I can do it. I can, I can go, you know, in college we did it. We drank all night. We drove, I'll never forget. We drove up to play a team up in Boston, uh, a big team. And we drove up Friday night We got there at midnight. We went out until four. We played them at one, beat them by 50 and then drove back and went to Buffalo Wild Wings for the UFC pay-per-view that same Saturday and and stayed out all night. Like that was doable then. And that is no longer an option anymore, regardless of child and job and, and uh, you know, social standards. I, I, want nothing to do with that world because you know i think the biggest thing for me and actually i was i was talking to tim about this today i've always been obsessed with uh like i I guess the easiest way to say is like outliers like great people um you know i'm not so much a basketball fan as i was a jordan and a kobe fan and uh you know i'm not a, a huge you know I'm not a huge Tom Brady guy, but man, the stories about how dedicated he is and and the, and the way he pushes his teammates and the, the way he changed the culture in Tampa in one year like that really gets me going. Like that type of stuff is is really interesting to me. I love sports psychology. I love the mental approach of things. It's basically what I focus on uh, in terms of all my reading and it's like sports psychology and stoic philosophy. And those two things, especially lately, it seems to be the, the new hot thing to do is tie it all in together. Excuse me. And the biggest influence or the most important book I've ever read in my life, and it's the only book I've ever read more than once, and I continue to read it at least annually, is Atomic Habits by James Clear.
1: That's a great one.
0: It, so it came to my attention listening to podcasts, seeing people post on Instagram right when, right before it came out. So I like pre-ordered it, um, read it, noted it, underlined it, highlighted it to death, put it on the shelf never thought about it again. Then he, you know, James Clear, he has a, an email list. So I got on that and it's like a weekly blast of a couple of ideas, a couple of quotes, and it started, it started every once in a while, it'll like catch my intention. It comes out actually every Thursday. So today's was uh, the, I let them sit in my inbox. I let nothing stay unread in my inbox, uh, in my email, on I'm that, I'm that side of the coin for that whole discussion with notifications. And his newsletter along with a daily stoic one is one that I typically will either le- leave unread so I keep coming back to it, or I'll just leave it at the top of my inbox so that it sits there and it's a reminder. So at least I see the subject line and I'll know like almost like a cue. And that book, if you want to figure out how to get your, you know, your stuff together and at least put some structure to anything you care about, that book is the end all be all. Um, You know, I have a pretty clear like top five, top 10 list of books that you know, I've bought for people, I send to people all the time, or I, I come back to and and at least reference to people a lot. But that is the only book that I – it's just every page of it, I'm like, man, I wish I could rip this out and keep it in my pocket so I could reference it. Because the way that it, it outlines and puts actual quantifiable uh, methods to creating the daily habits – to achieve excellence in anything you pursue is, is basically what I all I focus on now. Um, you know, I always have been obsessed with these, these the greatness. You know what I mean? Like I read a lot of autobiographies because I want to know the the nuggets. I want to know what this person, how much did that person sleep? Like how did they balance having so many responsibilities? How did they find the time to do? And, And that's it. And it's like, I read that section of the book and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I don't, (laughs) that's just, that's what I came here for. And I've done that so many times. Uh, And every time Amazon drops off a book, I have to hide it from my wife at this point. Cause I I just keep buying them and it's, it's a problem, but I do get something out of it eventually. Um, I think I have more read books in my house than unread books. That's a good start, but it, it fluctuates for sure. But It's something about I want to find out what the best version is. Um, When I played rugby, when I played football in high school, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to, I wanted to stand out. I wanted to be the one that people relied on. I wanted to be the example. When I played rugby in college, it was a sport that I'd never seen before. And I should, I of like looking it up on YouTube the week before I went to practice and soon as i got my feet under me i wanted to be the best i wanted to be on the a side i wanted to make the national team i wanted to you know all these things and same thing with crossfit as soon as i figured out that crossfit was a sport and it wasn't just something i could do to you know relieve stress during my my graduate school um it became i want to go to the games like as soon as i came back from graduating Graduate school, and I was working part time as a coach, and I was about to start as a, a strength coach for Princeton. I wrote in my workout book, this was July 17th, 2012. I remember it because it was meaningful to me then, and it's still meaningful to me now. July 17th, 2012, I wrote regionals 2013 on the top of the book, on the top of the, you know, I had like the marble composition book that I wrote all my workouts in and I wrote it on top of that page and, I, and I'm pretty sure I wrote it on top of like every page for a month just to keep reminding myself and you know that's it like that was the ambulance that's the spark so that's where it starts for me that's where it is now so when I realized after the baby after doing you know a half man and then and I was for my purposes successful I finished I was a little beat to hell after and realize like, if this is something I'm going to do, I have to completely change my body type for this to, cause I want to be competitive. I don't want to just be a participant. I want to be a, an age group guy or a, you know, in the, the Clydesdale division, I want to win. Like when I accepted CrossFit as my competitive fate, that's when it clicked. That was it. There's no other choice. And, you know, I, when I'm, when someone asks me, you know, what, like, why, why do you do this? Why do you wake up every day? Why do you pull double days a lot? When first of all, that's a year away, that's eight months away, you know? And then I pull up on my phone that actually it's, you know, 174 days away because I'm tracking it and I'm making sure that every single day I get, the most juice out of that squeeze i'm getting i'm optimizing every day that's why i do it because eating cleaner pre- uh, preparing my meals ahead of time building my efficiency by limiting my phone limiting you know limiting my my TV time all this stuff like all of it is built around being more efficient so that my family time is my family time. My work time is my work time. My training time is my training time. None of it bleeds into the other. None of it takes away from anyone else. It's why I train early in the morning or after the baby goes to sleep. Um, Cause that's commonly when my wife trains too. So then it, that's like two birds, with one stone. I get my time with my best friend and we're both working to being better uh, for whatever reason we have. And, All of those things make me better at all of those things, right? So I don't have the time anymore like I used to, but I have a thousand times more intensity in optimizing the time I do have. So because of those things, all the choices are gone. And this is the first time in my life that I can honestly say, like, I have no confusion about any choice that i make that's not to say that i don't make the wrong choice sometimes or i you know give left f's about it and i just do whatever i want but those are that's what i'm wrestling with you know it's okay what am i snacking on okay am i going to bed before nine or am i surfing internet for the ten thousandth time today, for no reason, and I'm going to bed at nine ten, which is going to hurt a lot more at four thirty in the morning when I got to wake up and heavy back squat and, and run five miles before going to work all day. Like I don't always make the right decision, but the choices are very very clear to me for the first time ever, um, all around, and that's why that's why I'm doing this. It just so happens that I'm 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 aging up into a group where i i feel like i can go for it i i'm not prepared to sacrifice anything i have right now family-wise or um professionally with my apprenticeship because those are the priorities so for me to be like oh yeah i want to try and make the games as an individual yeah i can say that and i will be the fittest version of myself no doubt but the fact that I can extend the season and try and make the games in that age group and get that experience and be able to, to go, you know, bang heads with other like-minded people and, and really go after it. That's more enticing. That's a prettier mountaintop. You know, that's a, that's a, you know, that's an easier carrot to chase than something where it's like, um, I don't have the time, and I, I'm not going to switch my priorities because there's no negotiating, there's no more wiggle room, and there's going to be a lot less wiggle room in December when you know baby number two shows up. And I'm I'm trying to backload as much fitness and challenging moments of of discipline now, so that when these moments arise under real circumstances that need to be dealt with, I'll be ready for it because when I'm extra tired or I'm extra busy, when I don't want to train at nine o'clock at night, when I don't want to wake up at three forty-five or four, what I think about when I have a newborn in the house with a two and a half year old, with a wife who works full time and an apprenticeship that I have to juggle. There's going to be undoubtedly times where I want nothing to do with training for a goal or breathing heavily or putting a heavy barbell on my back. And this is gonna keep me at the very least maintaining the strength I build now and making sure that every single day I have a chance to move the needle, optimize, and get a little bit better because the challenging parts will pass. Things will, you know, uh, what's the what's the phrase? Things will level out and, and, and we'll find our rhythm and we'll get in the groove. And it it will all be back to normal and we'll be able to – the new normal will be established and and I will be better for it just like I was better for it with the shakeup of a new career and a new baby at the same time two years ago.
1: Yeah, 100%. What I was thinking when you were talking – I read this book called The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler and he was talking about flow in that book and basically exactly what you said. If you wanted to set the goal of going to the games as an individual – It's just too far out of reach. So, yeah, you could – one, you could sacrifice everything in your life, be a shitty dad, be a shitty husband, and maybe make it to the games. But what he's saying is, like, you want to set the goal that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone. So you going to the games as a Masters, it's outside of your comfort zone. Training's going to suck. You're going to have to sacrifice a lot of things, but it's attainable. It's not, like – it's not super far off. And then the other thing I was thinking, like – yeah, some days you have 45 minutes to train, but this simple choice is the one that makes you better. I've, I've literally read every fucking sports psychology book that I can get my hands on and every self-development book, and it's all so easy. Like, the, the answer just keeps replaying it over and over and over again. Like, make the choice, have the small habit, do the thing that's 10 minutes instead of not doing it all. And that's where you're going to get to where you want to go. Instead of we think we have to, you know, train seven hours a day or we think we have to, you know, sacrifice everything. We have to delete Instagram and we have to do all these – take out everything. And a lot of times it's like, hey, set aside five minutes. Like do Ramwad every day or, you know, stretch a little bit before you work out. Eat something that's a little bit cleaner than what you're eating now. Like these choices are just all so simple. And, you know, hearing you say how – yeah, you, you fuck up sometimes and it's not always perfect. You know what the choices are and sometimes you don't make them and it's fine. Like you, you just get back on the path tomorrow.
0: Right. And you know, it's, there's a lot to be said about making little requirements for every day. So I have a whiteboard calendar our laundry room and we, we put up we, we rewrite the I just rewrote September and I put everything on our calendar, doctor's appointments, my schooling um, you know uh, work events for my wife, whatever, everything's on there, every single day for the last year and a half I can I pretty accurately say my only requirement is do something that makes me better physically doesn't have to be any certain thing as long as I do something that physically makes me better than I was when I woke up, I put a red check mark and there hasn't been a month. I haven't missed a day of getting a red check mark since, uh, I'm pretty sure it was 2020. It was June, 2020. Uh, cause it was like, it was my brother's birthday. It was the middle of COVID. Um, and uh it was it was like complicated with travel and, and see him and and all this I, I just remember that that's the last time i missed and i i never let myself go a day without doing something and there's been a number of days where that is due around one or that is uh you know make sure i i get a, a light sweat in by you know i i put a a ruck pack on and i push my baby around the block in a stroller like something to like I remember I uh, tweaked my knee last summer working and I I had to get my meniscus scoped and uh, the time leading up to that it was like a month that I, I had to wait to schedule my uh, procedure I was like, okay, your knee's a little banged up make sure you do at least 50 push-ups every day like there's no excuse you can do that. You just have to choose. Some days it was 50. Some days it was, you know, I try to do 50 straight and and it was as fast as I could before bed. And I'm like laying down in bed, breathing heavy. And my wife's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And there's some days where it's like, okay, I'm going to do 10 rounds of 10 push push-ups, 10 sit-ups, whatever. And it's like, just hit the minimum, do something, keep showing up because at the very least you're mentally still locked in some some capacity of it you're locked in and you know it there's so many like you said there's so many different ways that people talk about there's so many things that like like make it easier if it was if it was literally my willpower versus other people's willpowers I'm pretty confident that my willpower would not come up to snuff a lot of the times especially compared to the people I'm trying to you know earn the right to compete against but what i am very good at is structuring my my habits and my like you don't want to eat garbage food don't buy it don't i love mcdonald's i couldn't tell you the last time i ate mcdonald's like it's some of it is simple some of it's more complicated like structuring your schedule around your your kid and you know if if they're having a really terrible day i'm not going to go out in the garage and shut the door on my 2 year old when they're sick or miserable and they're clingy and they just want to lay on the couch and watch bubble guppies like i'm watching some bubble guppies and i'm going to sing all the songs with her and make sure that she's laughing and all that's all that stuff and then that means when she goes to bed and i'm dead tired i'm going out to the garage and i'm doing you know a 10 minute bike and every minute get off and do what I've done, like, you know, do every, do a 20 minute bike every two minutes, you do 10 pushups, 10 squats, and and then you get back on the bike and just keep moving. It's like, that's going to kick the shit out of you, whether you're, you know, blood in the mouth, ready to train or, you know, one foot in the bed before you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, but mentally it's the, it's a sharpening effect. It's you're making yourself unstoppable. Like I talk about, what i used to talk about all the time with my athletes like you want to be a force of nature like there's nothing more powerful than nature like we build buildings they get flooded they, we build we build roads they get cracked by earthquakes like all these crazy things we can't stop it you need to do everything you can so that no matter what you decide it's not it's not a potential like event it's inevitable you know like we need to be prepared so, you need to figure out what that is. Whether it's like I'm looking at Matt Frazier and I'm reverse engineering what he did. Like you said, the, the little bit about, you know, some people think they need to train seven hours a day. He did do that and he had the 100% focus and the 100% intent and, and the right choices and the genetic background and the, the sport background. Like he was the perfect storm. And no one can replicate that because there's no one else like him. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people that are stronger at lifts, but they aren't as good at recovery. Or there's people that, you know, have less professional distractions, but they, you know, they eat like shit or they don't sleep 10 hours a night or whatever. Like he was the perfect storm. And that's also why I believe he got out because that's not a forever thing. Like Froning is the other side. Froning is, he has his life structured that it is a forever thing. You know, he might not compete forever. He might not try and win the games until he's 90. He could, I'm sure he could figure it out of all the people, but he's the one that's like, his kids are in the barn with him. The people come and train at his house. like Everything is based around it everything and he's the he's the one he's he's the original ambassador he's the reason people wanted to make money doing this he's the reason that people figured out like like he's credited with creating the imam structure of workouts like of course he was winning all those events like he was doing stuff that people are still trying to figure out now it's like it's so simple it's hard and it's really hard the 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 you know, the more and more and more you shrink that magnifying glass down to like what that really is supposed to look like. I have read every book about this, I have listened to every podcast about this, every athlete's podcast. I love this stuff. Like I follow this just as closely, if not closer, than any of the professional sports. They all say the same thing, but the same people keep winning because they have it stacked years and years and that's not even including what other professional background they had because that's the, it seems to be like, that's kind of the, the big separator, you know, it's the Olympic lifters and gymnasts and, and like high level track athletes that really have the other aspects dialed in for years. And they're like, now they get to shine. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I think T is the, the unstoppable force that she is. She was training to be an Olympic sprinter. And then she found lifting and kind of liked it and and then she went to the Olympics as a weightlifter like that's not normal like she's been so dialed in for so long all aspects funnel to this purpose. It's like the, you don't have you don't have a shot at anything you do if you're not feeding you know like you're not feeding that purpose from all angles. You're only scratching the surface. It's like if you walk 10 miles into the woods, it's going to take 10 miles to walk out, you know? And, and if you want to, if you want to get to that point, you got to go, you, you have to do all of it. it. It's not as easy as like, oh, you know, like no one watches the NFL and it's like, I want to play pro football. And they start going, they go start throwing, running routes in the backyard. Like it's forever, like They all started playing like, you know, there's the outliers, but they all started playing when they were five and they did nothing else once they got to a certain age. And it's like, then it's the, the physical freaks shine and the ones that are mentally above the rest. Right. Like as a strength coach, I can't tell you how many, you know looks like Tarzan plays like Jane stories you hear. Like that was the, that was always the thing. Like, like freak of nature athlete can do anything you ask them to do with a barbell, what softer than a pillow when it came to hitting somebody or being challenged by someone who's a little bit better than them or or just threatening them or whatever, or it's a high stress situation or scouts are there or, or what, or like life circumstances aren't ideal. It's like the killers are killers, not because they have 28 hours in a day. Everyone's got 24. Everyone's got seven days a week. Everyone's got 168 hours a week. Where are you at? What are you doing to spend time towards what you want? It's math. And the people that don't accept that usually don't do anything. Or they don't do nearly as much or as far as they should have done or could have done they'd rather just tell the story or talk the talk, but they never fully walk the walk. And I did it for a long time. And now that I have the singular focus and the intent in my, like what I'm going for, why this isn't like my, my all defining thing. If I don't make the game, I'm still gonna be a great dad. I'm still gonna be a great husband. I'm still gonna be working my butt off as an apprentice. And I'm gonna be in great shape because I'm doing everything I can to maximize everything I can, because I'm not doing that much. But the things I'm doing, I'm giving everything I possibly have in the moments I can. Everything past that, it's just icing on the cake. I can't have any regrets. Whereas in the past, it was very easy for me to be like, oh, I finished 33rd or whatever it was at Guadalooza. What could I have done? There's no way I ever looked at myself in the mirror and said, I did everything I could. This is the best I got. That never happened. And that's a horrible feeling. So now I I have some relief because I never feel like that. I make wrong decisions, but I always bounce back. I make a lot of hard decisions too. And I feel good about that. And that stacks up. It doesn't mean I get to take a day off. It means when I keep showing up, I'm doing things I've never done before. Training half as much. And I try and get my friends and, and my clients that I still work with and the people that'll listen. It's like, you need to find that reason there's nothing else the most important conversation you have is with yourself doesn't matter how popular you are doesn't matter how successful you are if you don't love yourself and believe in yourself or, or believe in what you're doing for yourself it's never going to last or satisfy you and that is that's the scariest thing because now that I don't have as much time as I used to my biggest fear is wasting it
1: so good dude i think we'll uh we'll call it here it's nine o'clock. I don't think either of us are going to be able to sleep tonight. But uh, this was awesome. Where can people find you?
0: I appreciate it. You even wanting to talk to me. So the fact that we, I, you let me ramble for over an hour is is really I, I'm I'm humbled by the fact that you even asked me to do this. I really appreciate. It. I love your show. You know, a couple of my friends have been on here. A couple of athletes I really look up to have been on here, and and I think you do a great job. And. Um, it's it's cool to to shoot the shit about it and talk shop because it's my favorite thing to think about. It's my favorite thing to chase. Obviously, um, you know I put a lot of thoughts and 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 a little bit of my training, a lot of bit of my my family on my Instagram, and my my handle is at eyes of clyde. Um, no weird spellings. And that's, that's really where I I do my, my damage. Um, If I didn't have my whole family living in New York, I probably wouldn't have a social media. So I try and break up the monotony of uh, making fun of my daughter or myself with a little bit of lifting and and sometimes some heavy breathing. So that's where I, I, I try and share a little bit of my mindset stuff. That's anytime I'm communicating anything through those posts and you read those captions, just understand I'm not attacking anybody. That's usually what I'm saying to myself to either get out of bed or to finish the last round or make sure I'm showing like, that's what I'm thinking to myself at work when I'm in a trench digging underground lines. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely uh, don't want to go do this workout after he, after this, because my garage is definitely not any uh, cooler than outside, but it's, it's fun to share and it's fun to get, get as much uh, from other people as I can hopefully give to them. So definitely Instagram. And I appreciate this time, dude.
1: Yeah, I love it, dude. Well, thanks so much for coming on. We'll definitely get you back on. Hopefully, uh, after you go to the games, we'll we'll get to talk about that.
0: Yeah, let's. I'll worry about uh, waking up tomorrow and hitting these back squats at five a.m. But uh, if if everything goes to plan over the next 174 days to the open, and probably about 210 or 20 days till the quarters. Uh, I'd love to come on and talk about how much my life is a complete tornado. It'll be fun.
1: (laughs) If you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast, just be sure to share it out on your Instagram story and tag both of us um, at better than yesterday pod. And Chris is at Eyes of Clyde, so both of those will be linked up in the show notes. And if you want to support further, I do have Better Than Yesterday refocus bands for $10, so just send me a DM on Instagram. I'll get you hooked up, and richmondweightlifting.com, code BTY10. That'll save you 10% off a pair of the best wrist wraps that I've ever used. So if you're a CrossFit athlete or weightlifter, they are definitely worth checking out. BTY10, it'll save you 10%. It'll help me a little bit. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this one, and I'll talk to you next week.